Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The Champions League is back and it's the quarterfinal stages. This is our Tuesday Champions League preview as Liverpool face Real Madrid. Man City against Borussia Dortmund. We have James Bench, Jimmy Conrad. Tuesday Champions League quarterfinal preview begins right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kego Lasso Champions League quarterfinal stage. This is when it, I mean, it was already good. This is when it gets really, really tasty. And we need the best Jimmy Conrad. Welcome back, man. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm sorry I was gone, but uh, it's just setting up for a warm embrace as I return to the folds. <laughs> a warm embrace. Jimmy, always good to have you. And of course, James, Benj. James, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. I didn't realize Jimmy was gone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. I'm sad now. (laughs) James, that was so mean. (laughs) (laughs) Is he gone? I didn't notice. Uh, No, he was gone. And uh, well, it's good to have this crew back and it's good to have the Champions League quarterfinal stage. This is what separates the men from the boys. And we begin with... Real Madrid against Liverpool. Both teams got uh, some wins this uh, past weekend. Um, I'm sure Bench doesn't want to talk too much about the Liverpool one, but hey. I do. No, I You really do? do? Oh, beautiful. Then we'll get it going. But uh, this is a big one. Real Madrid against Liverpool. Jimmy Conrad, it's huge. Uh, it's huge. I'll start with saying that Real Madrid are the most successful team in Champions League history and Liverpool are third. Only AC Milan is sitting right in between those two and Liverpool are one behind them. I know Bench is going to get into it. I read his article on CBS's website about uh, their dismantling of Arsenal, James Bench's beloved Arsenal, and lots of things have changed for Liverpool. And I think the one big thing that James highlighted was the fact that Fabinho playing in his best spot has really changed their uh, modus operandi, uh, their MO, as they like to say. And it's been fantastic to see. And and it feels like the old Liverpool. And I also feel like Trent Alexander-Arnold not getting called into the England squad has seen him get a little pissed. Pardon my French. Uh, And and I thought he was the man of the match against Arsenal this past weekend. I think he's uh, fired up and ready to go. And and obviously he's going to have a big test against Vinicius Jr. in particular in this one. There's a lot to play for. I love this matchup. There's a lot of history here. But I will say I would tipped Real Madrid to win this game when Sergio Ramos was healthy. And now that he's not healthy, I'm tipping Liverpool to, to do the business instead. And uh, I'm excited to see how this game unfolds. I don't know about you, Bench. I'm so excited. I I thought kind of, you know, there's a natural, Arsenal were diabolical on, on Saturday. It's the worst I've ever seen them play. And when, they, when a team plays that badly, there's a sort of natural rush to, you know, focus on that. And you should, because Arsenal, were, but Liverpool were, I mean, they were phenomenal. Easily their best performance of 2021. I would think certainly that I've seen their best performance of the season. 
everything clicks into gear. I, I mean, you know, as I said, Fabinho, he's kind of the star. And when he's there, I mean, he's obviously, he's the star in, in his own unique way. But I, for me, it was really exciting seeing Thiago back to his best. And I think that that's where, you know, that's where Liverpool start clicking a bit more, where they can, they can just get you on this possession cycle. Um, and you, you don't, you know, everyone says Kabak and Phillips, they're the weak links in this team. But they're only weak links if you've got the ball. You know, if Liverpool mm-hmm. have the ball for 60, 70% of the time, they are, they're going to dominate you. And I actually think they can do that against this Real Madrid team. I know that, you know, Madrid have got some magnificent technicians in midfield as well. And it looks like Fede Valverde might be back, get, bringing a bit of dynamism, a bit of bite into that midfield alongside Modric, Cruz, whoever he, whoever he goes for. But I just, I look at Liverpool and I think at the moment their ceiling is just a little bit higher than Madrid's. You know, they've got a, a team that will press. We've seen that the Madrid defence can really struggle when you snap into it and when you really demand a lot of their ability to play out from the back. Um, they've got a, a midfield that's wonderful. And I completely agree with Jimmy. Trent Alexander-Arnold just remind Gareth, reminded Gareth Southgate that he is the best right back in the world. So, yeah, right now, I think this is Liverpool's tie to lose. Yeah, it's a really good point about uh, that Jimmy started with about, you know, Southgate not picking Trent Alexander-Arnold. And I think he knew it. He was like, fair enough. I'm not, I'm not doing what I should be doing. And he chip on his shoulder. Uh, and also the Fabinho point, by the way, you know, it is also thanks to the fact that now Klopp has way more confidence on Nat Phillips and Quebec. So it allows Fabinho, now you can do really what you're here to do. So the reason why I think this is such a big game as well is obviously... You know, uh, Jimmy brought up Sergio Ramos not available. But when you have these two teams like this and and analyze who's going to come out, Jimmy, to me, I have to try and just nullify each other's strengths and then just focus on what's their biggest weakness. Right. No Sergio Ramos. Varane was uh, arrested this weekend. You know, obviously that means something right there. But I remember I so remember what you said last week that Varane is a number two. Sergio Ramos, just like, honestly, just like LeBron does it, right? Just like Tom Brady does it. Sergio Ramos is that important. And I just, that to me is the biggest thing. So I completely, I went Real Madrid with Sergio Ramos. Without him, I'm going Liverpool. Yeah, I'm the same. I think there's a presence that he brings, obviously. He's a winner and he'll do whatever it takes to win. I think you can ask Mo Salah what that's all about after that arm bar in the Champions League final not too long ago. And I really wanted to see Mo Salah versus Sergio Ramos again. This is the last time these two teams have faced each other was that big final. And I wanted Mo to get his revenge, even though he's downplaying it in the media. I still feel like Mo Salah was going to be up for this one in a different way. And he still will be. It just I wanted him to to really get the best of Sergio Ramos in particular. But to, to what I had said before and what I'll say again, Sergio Ramos is a winner. The guy knows how to win. And even though he dabbles in the dark arts, you guys know I love that phrase. Uh, there, there's still something about him in particular. I don't know. They rolled out a three in the back this past weekend against Abar, Real Madrid. They got a 2-0 result. Kareem Benzema scored once again, as he does. Another big weakness that I find with Madrid in particular is that Benzema has 24 goals now in all competitions, 23, 24 goals in all competitions. The next is Casemiro on their team with six that that's, that's crazy that, that you have all these other players, you know, I know a lot of them are hurt. Hazard, Asensio can't get going. Isco has been hurt and Vinicius feels a little young, gets himself in good spots, but can't finish. And, and Rodrigo, I don't know. one day he shows up and scores a big one and then you don't see him for three months. That, that's a big issue. And when you have your holding midfielder, the one that actually sits behind Tony Cruz and Luka Modric af- actually producing more. And if you watch the highlights from Abar Madrid this past weekend, he, he, 
he wins the ball in midfield and then drops a dime into Asensio for the first goal for Madrid. I mean, it's crazy that Casemiro is your second leading goal scorer. So that's a bit of an issue for me that there's not enough guys uh, producing uh, at that level. And if you can somehow lock down Kareem Benzema, and I think Fabinho will sit in front of him and the two center backs will have their hands full. But I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. And then uh, with regard to Liverpool, uh, Diego Jota coming back into the team, two goals this past weekend as well. I mean, the guy is on fire. What a signing he's turned out to be. Maybe one of the best of that last summer for, for Liverpool and in and, and all the Premier League. So... Yeah, it's tough. I'll get into my lines in, in, in a second about the betting here, but uh, I know I can see Benj's itching to, to add a little bit more. Yeah, no, I mean, the, obviously, talking about Real Madrid's weaknesses, there are a lot. The one thing that really stood out to me watching Liverpool in the flesh, that high line sometimes looks suicidal. I mean, you know, we, you know, Luis, I know, remembers what happens when Aston Villa come up against that high line and you have players like Ollie Watkins. Interesting, though, that, I mean, you know, Benzema is not going to be the man to kill you on that high line. But maybe if he drops deep, you know, he spins that quick pass in behind to someone like Vinicius or Asensio, who didn't he score at the weekend and maybe he's getting into form. Like, give me some of those sprinters in behind that high line. I was, you know, at the Emirates, I was like, God, Aubameyang, you need to just gamble, go high, sprint in behind. You can, you know, you can beat them because it's not like they have Phillips and Kabak don't have recovery pace like Van Dijk, like Gomez. I'd be intrigued to see if you if you kind of, you know, play with Vinicius almost as another number nine with Benzema. I think that might be a way of working out, but... I well, you know who would have been perfect for that, James? Hazard, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> too, soon. too soon. It's not, when isn't it too soon? That's He's true, always third. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. But it's to your point, James. It's a really good point. Like when you play against somebody that plays such a high line, you need somebody to be reliant on you know, your target man, which is Benzema. And that's Hazard. Hazard is perfect for this. And it's like, it's the reason why he came. And unfortunately, he's not part of it, Jimmy Conrad. Uh, all right. Well, this is the time now. Well, aside from anything else you want to add, I, I want to hear those lines, baby. Okay. So before I get into it, there was a tactical change from Jurgen Klopp this past weekend against Arsenal that I think really, uh, let lent itself to Arsenal not having a answer to it. And that was taking Andy Robertson off in the 61st minute and bringing on Diego Jota, who didn't start. So they actually had four guys up top. Mm. And I just thought Arsenal got overwhelmed. Like, who, who wait, where am I supposed to mark? And I know Arsenal were missing a few key players, but, but they still didn't have any answers to that. So I wonder it, how Klopp addresses that moving forward. I, away from home, I could see them being a bit conservative in some ways. And, and I have a stat here that Liverpool... Uh, in their last 11, 11 out of their last 12 Champions League games, there have been under two and a half goals overall in, in those games. So I suspect it'll be a little bit tight. I don't see this being a goal fest by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm looking at that one a little bit. Liverpool to win in over two and a half or under two and a half goals plus 525 is pretty good value. But overall, I think it's a coin flip. Real Madrid to win straight up is plus 160. Liverpool to win straight up is plus 165. I think Liverpool are going to win. And I like most a lot of score. I think he's going to do it, get some redemption. Liverpool to win either 1-0, 2-0, or 2-1 plus 550. I like that one a lot. I think it's going to be tight. I just don't know the score value. And hopefully, thankfully, uh, William Hill will give you a couple different options. What do you think, James Bench? Yeah, I <laughs> I, I think that the, the point about Jota is really interesting because as great as he is, and you want to start him because he's playing really well. He feels great as a super sub. But, um, and I think, you know, I, I almost see this game being a close, tight affair. And then Liverpool can empty their bench, bring on Jota, bring on Naby Keita, and that might swing it. I've gone for 2-1 Liverpool. I think it's going to be, 
it's going to be tight. Uh, I think Liverpool's quality will will show over the two legs, and I think it will show next uh, the, tomorrow. Yeah, one of the issues as well is, and we have to go back to it. Is uh, well, and he hasn't been mentioned yet. Is Roberto Firmino just just because when you don't have Sergio Ramos and you have that sort of movement friendly trifecta coming at you from Liverpool's perspective? You know, I'm going to be very intrigued to see how they play at the back. And I think Firmino could be a key. I'm also going with a 2-1 Liverpool win. I think, uh, I think, you know, Real Madrid will score. Benzema is just too good. And as good as Quebec and, you know, et cetera, have been, like, you know, Benzema has faced tougher opponents. And I think his his experience will just, dom- you give him an inch, he'll take, you know, way much more than that. So I think Liverpool will take this uh, w- with Real Madrid scoring. Uh, and yeah, so I'll, so Liverpool winning in over two and a half goals is plus three ten, which I think is pretty good value as well. So something to consider there. When I look at Liverpool and then I look at Real Madrid's back line, who who's going to stop Sadio Mane and Mo Salah? I just like Lucas Vasquez. Like Lucas Vasquez, he, he grew up as a striker slash winger. You're going to put him out on the right against Sadio Mane? Are you are you insane? Like I don't know I have how. Credit to him, by the way, because he has been delivered like performing. But yes, this is a different kettle of fish. It's a oh, Sadio Mane is like licking his chops. Thank you very much. I'm going to take the scalp of Lucas Vasquez. This though is where I think Luka Modric might have to slide out wide a little bit more to help protect that and, and at least start to stack up Sadio Mane a little bit. But that's going to open up space in the middle of the field for let to let them do their thing. And I thought with Fabinho back in midfield. Tiago Alcantara can can go a little bit higher and he can make his passes and be a little bit more connected to the front three or front four. And, and that makes such a big difference. And I thought we saw it on full display against Arsenal on three consecutive clean sheets. I mean, I think everything's starting to fall in place for Liverpool. And, and I think they'll get past Liverpool in this game and also, or excuse me, Real Madrid in this game and then over the two legs. And I wouldn't want to face them moving forward in this, in this competition. Well, that's great because Villa's playing them next this week. <laughs> that's going to be really interesting. Um, all right. Well, uh, any final thoughts, James, from this game before we move on? Well, before we take a quick break and move on. Uh, yeah, weird one. Uh, I can't quite explain it, but Liverpool are really good against the back three. I think maybe it is just that, you know, the back, the, the, the three defenders think that they kind of have a man advantage and suddenly they don't. But um, a little Opta stat that I dug out. Um, over the last three seasons, Liverpool averaged 2.17 points against teams playing a back four and 2.4 points mm-hmm. per game against teams playing a back and 2.4 points is stupidly high yeah. against teams playing a back three or a back five. Um, and obviously those teams that play a back three and back five are much less effective attacking against Liverpool as well. So God, look at those numbers. I, I love it. Just, just feed me those numbers. It, it's so great. By the way, Jonathan oh, Wilson in his great book, Inverting the Pyramids and exactly a point when you play against the back three um, and the opponent has this kind of front three, like it can be very, very tricky. So those numbers, give them to me. I love it. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have another game, by the way. Oh, and did I mention that it's pretty big as well? Man City against Borussia Dortmund. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's Masters Week, and that means CBS Sports HQ is your home for round-the-clock coverage from Augusta. That includes tournament picks, round-by-round matchups, highlights, leaderboard updates, and we even have our pal from the First Cut podcast, Kyle Porter, on-site, providing up-to-the-minute updates so you'll know everything there is to know from Augusta. If you're wondering what CBS Sports HQ is, it's our 24-7 365 days a year sports news network. How to get it? 
It's easy. And guess what? It's free. Just go to cbsports.com, the CBS Sports mobile app, or fire up the CBS Sports app on your connected TV and watch yourself become the most in-the-know sports fan on your group text. Isn't that a type of accolade that you want? Come on now, join CBS Sports HQ. Welcome back, everybody. Gego Lasso Champions League quarterfinal Tuesday preview. Jimmy Conrad, James Bench. We've talked Liverpool and Real Madrid. Let's talk about the other Premier League side, the Goliath. I like to call him that because no other name will do. Man City against an actual human Goliath, Erling Haaland and Borussia Dortmund. Uh, but two different narratives going on right now, of course. James, let's start with you. Man City, uh, they get a good win against Leicester City. Uh, we all thought Leicester could maybe get a goal. Well, I don't think you did, actually. I think you predicted correctly. Man City would just win straight up. I can't remember. But Man City looked good. Cancelo didn't need to play. Uh, Sterling came on like just at the end to replace Aguero. Gundogan didn't need to play. I mean, you know, and now Borussia Dortmund, who are not in a Champions League spot, lost to Eintracht Frankfurt. How are you looking at this one? Oh, it's going to be a massacre. Well, no, it's not because it's City and they don't, they just get, you know, they just sit back when they're 2-0 up. But, um, you know, I can't overemphasize how one-sided I think this game is. And I'm really ready um, for it to come back and bite me, you know, squarely. But, um, you know, I, I do my bold predictions column uh, and I have even gone so far as to predict that Erling Haaland of all people, even he can't score against this City team. Again, I know you love my numbers, Lisa. I'm going to give them to you. Eight Champions League games Manchester City have played. They faced 35 shots, like just shots in total. 35 shots. That four a game, it is, it is a ludicrously small number. Wow. I'm looking at the numbers here. Pauk in three games faced 34 shots. This is, it should be impossible how good... City are at defending, you know, XG as well. Um, they're the second best XG in the competition, Chelsea, 5.73. That's a brilliant number from eight games. Man City's is 2.26. They've conceded one goal. They actually shouldn't have conceded much more. And kind of the reason for this is those, the few shots that they do face, they're really bad shots. They're loads of shots from outside the box. They're kind of contested shots in the box. And what they aren't is they aren't the shots that Erling Haaland takes. You know, we all know, I thought Miguel Delaney in his piece. Great piece. Yeah. Haaland is like a stealth, stealth fighter. He's sneak. You, you kind of, he somehow, despite the fact he's this giant Viking, he somehow sneaks up on you and he's there in the six yard box or just outside the six yard box scoring actually quite an easy chance. And his great skill is that he gets in that position consistently. Well, City don't let you. They don't. They don't face the shots that Haaland takes because you've got Cancelo and Zinchenko down the wings. Zinchenko probably the only one that flies under the radar of that back four, and then you've got Diaz and Stones will win anything aerial, win anything, any cutbacks. I completely agreed with you when you said um, on Twitter Diaz should be player of the season. He, he's right up there for me. So yeah, I don't think City are going to kind of let Dortmund have anything. Dortmund don't look like a team that can create anything. So there you go. Are we done? <laughs> Are we done, Jimmy? I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page here. City have won 26 out of their last 27 games. It's not a 26-game unbeaten streak where they have wins and draws. They've won 26 out of 20. That is that is unbelievable. And they have seven consecutive clean sheets in the Champions League, which basically has me echoing the same sentiments as you guys do. I will say there's something about Erling Holland that I think needs to be taken into consideration 
the last time that we had this preview for Borussia Dortmund heading into the Champions League knockout round against Sevilla in the round of 16, we were like, oh, Sevilla's going to do it. They're so good in Europe. Look at the form that Dortmund are in. They drew with Hoffenheim. They lost to Freiburg going into that one. And then all of a sudden, they put three goals past Sevilla, who are very good defensively in the first 30 minutes. And we're like, holy crap. You know, and I just feel like, I don't think you can sleep on this Dortmund team in the same way. And yes, I know, I know City are a different kettle of fish than Pauk uh, or, or, or Sevilla in a lot of different ways, but Erling Holland, his dad and his agent, they're, they're, they're doing the lap. They're doing the victory tour right now, which team Holland's going to go to. He knows he needs to perform in a match against the biggest and best club in the world currently to, to kind of legitimize why he is going to be worth 150 million or why somebody would pay this. Everybody wants to see how he wants her, how he's going to perform against two of the best center backs in the world in particular. Okay. Maybe not John stones, but Ruben Diaz for sure. And, and their pairing has been, is been, I don't know. I just think the guy's going to be up for it is what I'm trying to say. I was really disappointed with Dortmund this weekend. They needed to win this game at home against Eintracht to stay relevant for the top four. They're now seven points behind Eintracht for that fourth position with only seven games to go. That's going to be a lot of work for them. And I'm curious to see how they're going to balance that along with this competition. But I just, there's a part of me that wants to at least tap the brakes and say, we, we, you can't completely sleep on this Dortmund team because they do show they're very, let me say they're the only consistency that I have with Dortmund is they're not going to give you a full 90 minutes, but for 30 minutes, those dudes can be world-class. And if they can score a couple goals in those 30 minutes, then they get past, they get, they, they get past teams in these competitions. So I don't think that, that, uh, Dortmund are going to win this, but I do think that they could score. And I think that Erling Holland's going to be up for it. And I do have, I'm just going to roll right into my bets. Cause, cause you didn't even ask, but I'm going to do it anyway. I like Erling Holland to score city to win and both teams to score. That's plus 300. That's actually the, the heaviest line on William Hill and those kind of, you know, Jimmy specials as I like to call them. And then, and then I like Dortmund's Thomas Delaney to get a card plus 260 or 240. Well, uh, he's going to be chasing ghosts in the middle of the midfield. <laughs> he, he leads the team in yellow cards in the Bundesliga. And I just think he's going to be like, where did everybody, where did Kevin De Bruyne go? You know, and he's just going to pull a couple jerseys to slow down some attacks. And I think he's going to get a card. I think that's, that's pretty much, uh, that's like my stamp of the day. Guarantee Thomas Delaney's getting a yellow for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it's funny because we're talking about Holland a lot here, but it's really for Dormant. It's what, what goes be, uh, you know, behind him. That that's the key to Dortmund getting in anything out of there. What's going on, by the way, on Jaden Sancho, Jaden's bench, uh, Man City uh, Academy graduate, uh, Jaden Sancho. Sounds like play this weekend. I, I, no, I think he's going to be short for this uh, at least the first leg as well. And I completely agree with you, Luis. It's you know this is the thing with what we're talking about with Haaland is I think we all agree if he can just get that one one chance in the box, you've got to expect him to score it. I guess the question is, you know, Marco Royce maybe not having his best season. Torgan Hazard is has shown he is a really capable player, but is that enough to to pry this City defense open? That's that's really what this what this tie comes down to. But yeah, man, I'm sleeping on Dortmund. I've got my nightcap on, smoking <laughs> jacket, sleeping, you know, sleeping jacket. What's that? Um, I've got my PJs on. It's like a fancy PJs. Like it's like it looks like a tux, but it's like a rug. Like <laughs> exactly. I, I imagine that's, but I mean, I, you know, Jimmy to me just sounded like Pep talking about Graham Potter or Chris Wilder. It's <laughs> like I don't really believe you think that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, 
I well listen. I do think that Erling Holland's going to show up. And, and to your point, Bench, I do think that he is very good at taking his one or two opportunities. He raises his game for this. You know, I, th- I think he likes, like, when Kylian Mbappe scored a few, there's something in- internally for him. Like, I'm going to show everybody, actually, I'm the guy. A- and I think he he has enough juice here. That said, this is the this is the – we didn't think that Leon was going to get past Man City last season. There's mm-hmm. no reason why Leon and, and this uh, Pep, Pep and City have never gotten past this point uh, with Pep in charge. That's a good point. Point. Let's yeah. remember, Man City have not won this tournament yet. So we could talk all we want, but in this tournament, they suffer. So I don't know. I just I just don't think it's going to be as easy as it looks. Or or and I, I listen. We can, I hundred percent agree with you guys. That that I said all these same same things about about Dortmund heading into the Sevilla one. I was way on the Sevilla the train, and then that I had to change my mind completely because Dortmund came out and actually looked like a world class team and actually played. Everybody played to their potential. We, they could definitely, you know, their back line slow. You know, City's going to eat these guys up. There's no question. But I do think that Dortmund are going to fight. They're going to punch back, and it's just a matter of whether how City can absorb it. Because and I, and I liken this back to the Wolves game. I've, I've brought up this game a lot. That game was 1-0. Wolves scored, and for that next 15 minutes, Wolves were all over City. They were they were wobbling. And then, of course, they scored three goals in the last 10 minutes and won 4-1. But there was a 10 or 15-minute period there where I've, I hadn't seen City look that vulnerable all season. And if Dortmund can somehow get them into that spot and then actually apply that, that final blow, then, then I think they can compete. I, I still think City's going through, but but I think Dortmund are going to be there, hanging around, hanging around. I, I don't know. I, I I don't want to see it 10-0. <laughs> that's boring. I, I don't gonna... think that's I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's from from a philosophical stand philosoph from a mental standpoint. I think Borussia Dortmund should think of this. This is a two legged game. So let's just get something out of this one. Let's get something out of this one and then move on to the second. The leg. away goal. They need that away goal. That's it. Just get. Just score. Just score. Even if it's 3-1, which is almost impossible to come back against City, just get a goal. Just get a goal. And that obviously is mostly reliable reliable on uh, Erlen Hallam. All right, so let's, James Bench, what's your final score prediction for this first leg? Uh, well, I mean, first of all, we've missed the most important thing, which is how is Pep Guardiola going to complicate this himself? <laughs> That's yeah. very true. Yeah, my, <laughs> my theory is Gabriel Jesus... Third centre back. back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only he could know the, the moves Haaland will make. Uh, but yeah. Um, He's I'm... putting Aguero in goal, James Bench. Aguero's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm Mr. saying that. It's my testimonial, basically, Champions League. Put me in goal. Oh, yeah. 2 0 City. 2 0 City. Uh, Jimmy, I know you said that earlier, but just confirm with me again. I'll say 3 I'll say three one City. I'm going to go with 2 1. City. Uh, you brought up that Wolves game, Jimmy, and yeah, it's true. There were some moments there where City were like, oh, what are we doing? Until they kind of woke up. But, you know, uh, we will see. All right, well, that's our Tuesday Champions League preview before we say goodbye. Any final words, James Bench? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I want you to design for me your suit pajama jacket suit pajama i think i like the, the th- well uh, if you get me on one of these post-match podcasts again i reckon i could i'm not <laughs> i'm not going to a ground in my pajamas i'm still thinking about our halloween episode okay oh, <laughs> we have to book some holiday for then uh, <laughs> jimmy conrad final words no, I'm excited. We're back. Quarterfinals. Let's go. This is uh, the beginning, I think, of some epic games. So I'm excited. 
Absolutely. And we have a great Tuesday to look ahead to. Thank you so much, boys. Jimmy, thank you, brother. Thank you. James Benj, always a pleasure. Cheers. Hey, everybody. I want to thank James Benj and Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us there. Leave a five-star review. Leave a question and comment. It really helps us to grow the show. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on YouTube, Twitter, Pod, CBSports.com. Keep following us and staying up to date as we have recaps of matches, previews of other matches, Europa League weekend preview, exclusive interviews, and so much more. Have a great day. Enjoy the Champions League only on CBS Sports. 